I wouldn't have these children if I wasn't capable. And yeah, it just wouldn't be given to me if I couldn't handle it. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shri and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself and still have a happy ending. Hope you enjoy the show. In today's conversation, I talked to Aster. Aster grew up with a single mother and also with the influence of her grandparents, who played a big role in her parenting. Her grandmother's role particularly affected her own choice to be a stay-at-home mom, how she built a relationship with religion, and how she now chooses to care for her kids. Aster is a mom to six. Malachi, Maddox, Alexia, Araya, Addis, and most recently, baby Anae. Large families were pretty common in the previous generation, say around the 50s and the 60s, but it's a pretty unusual choice in today's demanding world. Today's story is about the many stages and many choices of Aster's life. A teen mom during the birth of her twins, a single mom when she chose to leave an abusive relationship and raise four kids, and finally a wife and a mother now with six kids. I was 18 when I got pregnant with the boys. I was in a relationship with their father for about I think 5 months and I realized I was pregnant. The relationship was too good to be true for the beginning part. And then so I get pregnant and then around 10 weeks uh I had bleeding. So I went to the emergency room thinking I was having a miscarriage and then they do an ultrasound and tell me oh everything's baby's fine. And but there's two. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my goodness." Kind of not shocked at the same time just because twins runs in my family. Um, my mom had twins and my mom is a twin. So I was like, oh, okay. But it was still very scary, of course, like, as a teenager. At the same time, I don't remember feeling overwhelmed with fear to be a mother because it was something I knew I wanted to be. Like just growing up, people would ask or like your teachers would, "Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" I would always be, "I want to be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home wife or that type of thing." So, I'm like, "Okay, this is what's happening. God's allowing this to happen." Even though I wasn't like married, I was just in a relationship. technically not doing it the right way. So then the twins were born. I turned 19 three days later and that was my life like no friends kind of, you know, your friends dwindle away like your party friends whatever. Friends and how are, where were you living at this time? I was living with him and his mom in in Edmonton. So even though it sounds like it wasn't a relationship that was ideal for you, you still felt like you wanted to continue growing your family. I feel like we just weren't responsible with that. I'd go on birth control and then not like go and pick up my prescription or something and just fall off with it. Yeah, so it wasn't being like responsible in that area. But once you had the the four kids, you felt like you were going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you could raise them well. Yeah, like I I was at home all the time with them. Like he was like out with friends, but working with friends and he was self-employed and he could just work his own hours, make his own hours and then be out a lot. So it was just me and the kids at home and I think it was just like okay, 2, 3, oh what's 4 kind of I felt like it wasn't going to be that much of a change. So in 2009 you have your fourth child Araya and soon after you decide to leave this relationship. What happened? Well, in February of 2011 things were just 
extremely unhealthy with their biological father. I had come to the point, a light bulb moment, a aha moment of I'm totally okay doing this on my own. Fears of being a single mother, the stigmas, the statistics, all of that didn't matter to me anymore. So yes, February, 2011, I decided to leave with the four children. Was it a really difficult choice for you to make? I feel like shortly before, maybe like a month prior, it was just at that point where I was like, no, but like I'm done. And yeah, to get to that point, I think it, obviously we were together almost seven years. So to get to that, I'm fine. Like this is over. I don't care of the repercussions or what I have to go through. Yeah, it definitely took a moment, but it's always this moment of you have to come to that. Any abusive relationship, what I've learned in the shelter where one of the first exercises we went through in the shelter with all the women in the room was how long were you with this person? So everyone in the room, they wrote it on the whiteboard, each person, how long they were in the relationship. So it's, it went from maybe a few months to 16 years. And they go, when was the first red flag moment of something's off here? And the average with every woman was three months. Something was off. There was behaviors. There was something that just didn't seem right. And you ignored that and continued on. So every woman had to come to the point of light bulb moment of, I don't care what my life may be as a single parent. I need to get out of this. So you knew that when you heard these stories from other women that you had made the right choice and this was what? Oh yeah, like very eye-opening stuff there. Learning all forms of abuse. The, everyone, there's a stigma of like, if you're not getting abused physically, you're not in an abusive relationship, which is completely false. They talked about the emotional and mental scars heal slower than the physical scars from being abused. So it was very like refreshing for me that I wasn't like wasting these people's time or like why I was even there. It's like, yes, I, I should be here. Like I needed to hear all of this. I needed to learn all of this. I needed to know what it did to the kids, even though you'd fight at nighttime or something. So as you heard, Aster finally decided to leave her then-partner and was given home in a women's shelter, along with her four kids. For seven months, she was only expected to go through therapy and take care of herself and her children and to heal from the abusive relationship. She was then given a temporary job, following which she ended up taking a few courses in theology at the University of Alberta in Canada. And soon after she was back on her feet, she connected with her now husband Sam through a shared love for music, children and religion. And this time it was a more traditional path to becoming a mother. Aster married Sam in 2014, with whom she's since had two more children. So given you were so young when you had the twins, mm -hmm. did you ever feel like you were tied down in any way? And especially later on when you started dating again and you met your now husband Sam, like at any point did you feel like your kids were tying you down and preventing you from doing anything in life? Um, I didn't really like feel overwhelmed with that. Maybe like me time, but I kind of like sucked all that up. I think like I just was like, I get back to like, this is what I'm called to do. This is my job. Like there are blessings, like being intentional with reminding yourself of that. Cause I kind of like, I went through that like party phase, but I feel like they saved me in a way because I could have went, like I've watched other people go to, in a deeper party phase and then they're never out of it or they're like addicted to drugs. So I feel like they awakened who I'm supposed to be. And like, it, it wasn't that direction. So I didn't really feel like they tied me down. It felt more like of a, 
an awakening of like, wow, like God, you're even more real to me. I don't need any of that stuff. Let me just focus on them to my best ability and take care of them to my best ability. And then, I don't know, it just felt like my calling was like, this is what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, even though there's like so much out there. So was having a large family always an intention for you? I know you earlier said that you always felt like you wanted to be a mother, a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mother, but did it matter if it was with one or two kids or did it feel like you wanted to have six or maybe even more kids? I would always say three to five. <laughs> we, we, didn't, we went past that, but yeah, I was pretty shocked like with an A for sure. And it was very scary because I was like, okay, I've reached five, like we're good, we're done. And I guess we weren't done, but I always knew, like, I wanted a larger family. So do you think outside of the piece of your faith, Mm -hmm. there's other reasons why having a large family was meaningful to you? Yeah, I think having siblings is so important. I really value and love seeing other siblings that get along. Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Yeah, and really pray that, like, my kids would stay, like, strong and have that beautiful bond and grow up together and you know, share their lives together. That's my hope, at least. So I'm assuming with having a large family, there come certain choices that you have to make. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's there's the physical, emotional, financial tool. There's a lot of different pieces that you have to constantly take into consideration. What is it like when you have six kids? I mean, financially, yeah. I think you make sacrifices. I think I've made it work with clothing and things like I like fashion but I know I can't afford like full price things most of the time so I try and I love thrifting so much my grandma like got me into that at a young age so now I kind of like see things on Instagram they'll be like inspirational and they'll be like okay I'm gonna go search for that for my kids and I'm always finding like amazing things for so cheap and I like take pride in that so kind of just like working your way around things like you you make sacrifices you can't do all the things you can't go to all the places. You can't go to movies all the time. It's so expensive, like mm-hmm. things like that. But you just figure out other things to do that are, it gets you making creative ways to like make memorable moments and have fun still. And What about the physical piece? Having given birth to six children, how do you feel? That's a daily battle, I think, where I'm always, I've, I had self-image issues growing up and then having I think they just lingered and changed but I always like have to like it's just this battle of like okay you just had a baby like don't beat yourself up like you and maybe like that would be another one like having a large family like I can't just go to the gym I can't just focus on myself like I can't get a nanny and and do that and do I want to even do that personally I don't feel comfortable doing that I want to be the one raising them and I mean some people can do that some people can't some people have different convictions but me it's like I feel like I need to be raising them and that that stuff can maybe happen later. So do you have any support locally in terms of people who help you out? We do have some friends, but I'm always like overthinking it. I'm always like, no, they have school, they have work. I don't want to like intrude and it'll get better later. Like we'll have more date nights later on. Just this is a season of life where we have to be at home all the time and be with the kids and and Anae's nursing and I'm not, I don't have her on bottles yet. So I'm kind of like, okay, right now it's going to be like another sacrifice for a while. 
but how do you manage the logistics of the kids going to school or somebody needs to go to a class after? Like, how does all of that come together? Thankfully, we're like walking distance from the school. Um, so that's amazing. We're so thankful that we ended up getting in there because that's a whole other thing. Zoning, technically, that's not our school, but you can do some paperwork early on if you do it on time and get it in. You can get into these schools. So they're down the street. So things have really worked out now that we live in this location and they're at that school. We can walk to things. If there's extra classes or anything like that, it's walkable. Sam can go. I can go. We can switch kind of things. Right now, I'm mostly at home, me, but we can go to like teacher stuff or we both. We bring all the kids a lot of the time stuff too. So it's worked out. What does a good day in your family look like? And what does a bad day in your family oh look like? Oh my gosh. Lately, it's been a lot of chaotic days with kids that are going through puberty. So good days. Um, I would say no random arguments that go on and on and on and on and explain, like explaining things that are very simple to get, but are just not for them right now. So a good day would definitely be, I don't know, just maybe even getting out. I don't get out that much. So just maybe going for a walk and then, and things, I don't know. Does it mean, you know, the kids are all getting along together? Oh, yeah. or do they end up fighting with each other? Like That happens some... like regularly now. I think we're just in this really, we're in the thick of like three kids in full blown puberty. So it's very argumentative they're they can't stand each other like the smallest things set each other off so it's a lot of fighting and problem solving and then the boys are like the hardest right now so to be like understanding of them but also discipline because you can't just say and do certain things even though you're going through puberty they're still got to be like okay no that's too far you can't say that okay you lose device time today or whatever so and how do you take care of yourself in all of this chaos Self-care, that's a funny topic I think it's also a heavily commercialized topic these Oh, days. yes, definitely. And it's something that I was like, when, when I did the single mom thing, it's just like, there's absolutely no time for that. Like, maybe quiet time at bedtime. Just some, like, even if you're staying up late, you know you, you need sleep. But just to have that, like, silence of, okay, nobody's talking to me right now. Nobody needs me right now. I can scroll on my phone or something and look at stuff and not be... Right now, it's really something that me and my husband are both trying to figure out to take because we know it's crucial, like to take care of yourself, to take others, like care of others. You have to take care of yourself. I think maybe the smallest moments of like prayer or reading scripture, which I fail all the time, but when I do, I feel refreshed and I feel at peace and anxiety lifts. Given the fact that you don't have much time for self-care, you don't really get time together with Sam, independent of the kids, mm-hmm. the fact that you have to be so focused on taking care of them, mm-hmm. or even looking back to when you were a single mom, at any point did you second-guess this choice of having a large family and six kids? I don't feel like I did. I don't feel like... Maybe in moments of like extreme frustration where I'm like, I can't do this on my own, maybe there was like a a second of like that or like guilt of like bringing them into this world and things are going wrong and this and that I think those kind of moments happen but not like straight regret like I shouldn't have done this or there I feel like every life is on purpose like there's no mistakes there's no like yes you may have been like okay I didn't plan this pregnancy right but I don't feel like it's a mistake ever even in like crazy circumstances I guess 
And what is the best part about having so many kids? Um, watching them grow, looking at them, staring at them. Um, they make me laugh all the time. I, the boys are so funny, inappropriate funny sometimes, but like watching them dance, watching them hug each other and like watching the girls take care of each other. Like the girls are very tight and I hope the boys will like get over themselves like once puberty's passed, but um, there's so many positives. They're incredible. I stare at them and I'm like blown away that they're my children and God bless me with them. And it's such a privilege and honor to like have these lives and blown away that they lived inside of me and I birthed them and nursed them and took care of them. It's just so incredible and has me in awe a lot of the time. So what advice would you have for somebody who wanted to have a large family like you? I don't know everyone's situation. It's really hard to say that, but I would, I would definitely, it's not, I mean, you have to be some kind of level of selfless and I'm not trying to like pump myself up or like you have to be willing to like give up a lot of yourself, but it's at the same time you're finding your true self. You're, if, if you want to be like all in, you're going to have to like let go of stuff, but it's so worth it. It's so rewarding and so beautiful to like watch these human beings grow up and hopefully you can encourage them to be a light in the world, be a great example for other people. I went to Seattle to meet Aster in person, and she radiates a calmness in a way that I would think is impossible for someone with six kids. Whatever someone's reason might be for having multiple kids, it is a choice that requires an enormous amount of patience, thoughtfulness, and selflessness. I loved how Aster says that she thinks of her time with her kids as a season in her life where everything else can wait. We wrapped up our chat with her thoughts on what it takes to make a choice like this. What are your thoughts on how women should think about making unconventional choices? I would say if you have that in you to make that unconventional choice to like have faith in it. I mean, it's so hard because I know not everybody shares the same faith as me. And in this context, when you're saying faith, do you mean religion or do you I just, just mean like conviction and what you do? I want to say both, but I honestly feel like just from my personal journey is that I always felt like God was going to take care of me, even in like the craziest situations, like being a single mom of four. How am I going to do that? Like, I think that's what held me back a lot of the time in the abuse, because I was like, I can't do this on my own. Then I got to the point of like, I don't care. Like, I need to trust God to take care of me, to provide for me, because that's where I believe that comes from. But in addition to the faith and the mm-hmm. religious piece, like, do you think there was something else, like a personality trait that you might have, which really helped you push through? I guess I would say that's like a God-given thing to have that type of personality to like persevere. You brought up a really interesting things of being perseverance, mm-hmm. which is what I hear from a lot of moms that I interview for the show is yeah. you believe in your choice mm-hmm. and you stick to it and you move forward. And I feel like with all human beings, just my personal belief, like I keep sharing, but like we're all made in the image of God, I believe. That's my belief. And that he's created us with these abilities to do things, to persevere, to have endurance, to have strength and um, faith and all these things. So it's like, even if someone doesn't believe the same as me, it's like there's these qualities that we all share that can help us continue on, can help us to do the things that we don't think we can do. When you're having these tough days with the kids, six kids Mm -hmm. is, I can only imagine how chaotic it is. Some days I barely survive with one. Yeah. 
But what advice do you give yourself? Like, what is it that gives you the strength and the courage to move forward and be like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to figure it out. I think like if if I wasn't supposed to do this, like it wouldn't be, you know, like I wouldn't have these children if I wasn't capable. And yeah, it just wouldn't be given to me if I couldn't handle it. Just the calling of motherhood would be, it's so deep, it's so wide and that, but it's this constant give take of fill and empty. It's like you empty yourself of your energy, your ability, because you're pouring out with like discipline, like talking, um, cooking, cleaning, teaching, you're doing all these things, but then there's so much reward and that filling up of love again, like seeing them learn a new word or grades, they're coming to you with grades that are like amazing and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like just this constant like empty and fill, which is beautiful and rewarding and incredible. Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview and until then if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about let me know.